Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we saw some lower numbers in the corn and kind of mixed on the wheat. The soybeans saw some mixed trade as well. We're going to find out what's been happening not only on the grain, but the livestock side. I think the best statement coming from Arlen Suderman, of course, he is with FC Stone, was Federal Reserve keeps the pedal to the metal and keeps the money flowing, which, of course, is making our markets happy. And I tell you, in a nutshell, that's a pretty decent statement, Arlen. Well, it is. And uh, when Jerome Powell took over as Federal Reserve Chair, he had some rough, t- rough times the first year that he was uh, in office. Uh, the markets didn't react. And, of course, President Trump was criticizing him throughout and, and uh, wanting an easier policy. And he didn't seem to care about the markets or politics or anything like that. He's made an adjustment. And now he seems to be primarily focused on keeping the markets happy. I know he would be upset as well as Federal Reserve members would be. And they would react to hearing me make that statement. But that's the way it looks. And our markets, I've been saying for many years, even long before Jerome Powell was in office, that our markets are becoming addicted to the cocaine of central bank stimulus, not just in the United States, uh, but overseas as well. And anytime the markets throw a hissy fit, central banks are quick to start putting in stimulus and uh, if, if you look at it the and I just checked the numbers the latest numbers uh, out from last week show the federal balance sheet at about 7.2 trillion dollars uh, prior to the Great Recession of 2008-2009 the federal balance sheet was always you know, generally kept below a trillion dollars uh, and then we took it to about $4.6 trillion in trying to get the economy back going after the, that recession. Um, pulled it back uh, about three-quarter trillion and then started adding to it again. Um, and now we're up at 7.2, and many think that it may be at $10 trillion by the end of this year. And even heard estimates that it may go to $20 trillion. Uh, Jerome Powell says, no, we have unlimited resources. In other words, people, well, supporters will say, well, there's no consequences. We took it to 4.6 trillion. Um, we never did have inflation. I guess that's if you discount the big run up we had in the equity markets and the commodity markets after the last recession. Um, and, and there are other fundamental reasons for that commodity run-up as far as fundamentally, too, but it certainly seemed to fuel into it. But the bottom line is, if you just ask yourself, okay, if there's no consequences to the Fed printing money in order to pump more money into the economy, then why not give every U.S. citizen a, a $1 million check? That would then just really stimulate the economy and of course you'd say no way inflation would go out the roof if we did that well truth is somewhere in between somewhere between no stimulus and that one million dollars uh inflation is there and inflation will come we don't know which assets that inflation will hit we don't know when it will hit but there will eventually be a, a consequence to everything that the fed is doing as, as well as the congressional spending as well you know, it just seems like not too very short years ago, what happened in the Fed didn't seem to have a big toll on what we saw in, in the grain and the livestock markets, how times have changed and how it's become so much more centrally to, to what we do on a daily basis. Yeah, exactly right. Now, one of the things that I've been talking to you about over in 
over the last several months is we've talked about uh, Brazil beating us out on selling soybeans to China. Right. And our biggest problem was the currency exchange rate. Well, the dollar index has fell, fallen sharply here over the last couple of weeks. And meanwhile, the Brazilian real, the BRL, has strengthened about 20%. And that has suddenly made us much more competitive in addition to some basis strength that they've had. And that is one of the big reasons why China has now been more aggressively buying soybeans almost on a daily basis here from the United States here over the last 10 days or so. So it does make a difference. And following today's announcement from the Federal Reserve, we saw the dollar fall to new three-month lows. Um, so that's one of the big positives of what the Fed is doing right now is it is promoting a cheaper dollar, and that is helping us compete on the global export market. Well, as we look, in, and since you're talking about the global and talking about South America, uh, weather-wise, how are they dealing with the dryness in Argentina? Yeah, it's really kind of slowing their wheat planting right now. About a third of their winter wheat is planted. Um, ironically, for the north and southern Brazil, um, it's too wet to plant. Um, Brazil is a perennial importer of wheat. Most of their imports come from Argentina, although they've been purchasing some of late from the United States, some hard red winter wheat. Argentina is a significant exporter of wheat, and it's just been really dry. And right now, we don't see any real significant relief. Uh, maybe a third, some relief for about a third of the belt, but uh, that continues to be a concern. Uh, further over in Australia, another southern hemisphere country, while we're in the southern hemisphere, they raised their wheat production estimate for the harvest that'll come here in November and December, raised it by about, I think is around 2.7 million metric tons. Uh, up from 24 to 26.7 million metric tons. And that'll probably be reflected to some extent in USDA's report tomorrow, uh, more than offsetting it probably with cuts for Europe, Ukraine, and Russia. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about weather-wise. And unfortunately, to our listeners in Kansas and Nebraska, you're probably not going to be too keen on what Arlen has to say. But then we'll look at the livestock side, some refueling of the pipeline. It's good to see year-ago levels are matching. But what about the weights? How is that all factoring in? And, you know, the consumer is looking at their wallets, asking some questions as well. Well, stick around. We've got a lot more to cover as we come back after commercial break for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Final Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue the conversation with Arlen Suderman. And, you know, Arlen, in the last probably 72 hours, we've had a nice patch of rain uh, move through areas of Kansas, through Nebraska as it heads eastward. But for some, the spigot might get shut off, it's sounding like, as we head into the rest of this growing season. Yeah, it's a real concern. Now, as we look at the Midwest as a whole, um, we've seen above average te- precipitation over the last 30 days, but that's quite, uh, that's kind of an average of a lot of extremes. So some areas ending up short and some areas really getting dumped on. Um, and of course, the latest moisture saw, um, the uh, tropical storm remnants go right up through Missouri, Iowa, into Minnesota. Uh, and some of the moisture we got here in Nebraska re- related to a cold, a strong cold front. But as we go forward, the next 10 days are looking pretty dry. 
um, and the pattern is starting to lean drier. Forecasters are getting a little bit concerned. High pressure is building back over the central part of the country. Right now, it doesn't look like that high is going to be strong enough to be a dome of doom, so to speak. And so fronts will occasionally come through it. Um, for, to get a dome of doom, you really need below normal temperatures off the west coast of North America. Uh, so far, that hasn't happened. That is a risk that we are watching. Um, but overall, as long as we have this high here, it does raise some risks of regional dryness. And the area most at risk is probably the Kansas-Nebraska area as we go forward. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, timely rain from time to time and be able to support crop development that'll be the key so looking at uh, i wanted to talk about winter wheat here real quick as that harvest is underway we know that they've had many dry pockets and when we i was talking with uh, brett yesterday during our wheat segment he made the comment about you know wheat usually has nine lives this year they've used 30 and there's been a lot of concerns. Are you hearing any early harvest numbers coming through, and, and how would that affect the trade? Yeah, harvest has moved up into southern Kansas right now, and as it came up through Oklahoma and uh, parts of uh, southern Kansas, we've seen those areas that have some freeze damage and some drought damage, especially drought damage particularly in the western high plains. Um, and you get highly variable yield conditions, you know, from 10 to 70 bushel per acre. So highly variable depending on conditions. Uh, as you get into central Oklahoma and then north central Oklahoma, there's some really good wheat with some good yields and some high test weights around 64 pounds per bushel. Uh, generally, the protein, of course, is the highest where they've had the problems and the lowest where they had the good yields. That's kind of the pattern. Um, overall, we're still expecting USDA's production estimate to ratchet down, but probably not to fall as much as we first thought. Um, because uh, some of the better yields off, partially offsetting some of the problem areas. Um, but we do expect USDA to trim their production estimates a, a bit more tomorrow. Jump over to the livestock side. It was great this morning to read a story that when you looked at year-ago levels, uh, we are refilling the pipeline. Our slaughter is getting close to those levels. So maybe we're starting to get back to, to a norm for, for these, which means maybe some lower prices down the road for the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing product prices really fall sharply right now. Um, and cattle slaughter, for example, we're getting very close to year-ago levels. But when we're looking at weights that are around 35 pounds above year-ago levels, that means we're producing a lot more meat. Uh, and demand is somewhat uh, questionable for the for beef right now. We don't have the strength of exports. As product prices have come down, we have seen a sharp increase in movement. So declining prices have been good for bringing demand back. Uh, but ultimately, we need to get these restaurants and food services back open again to help us really get demand back to where it needs to be. We're definitely seeing the drop in the box beef. Is that going to be an eventual price saver for, for our consumers and our restaurant owners? Well, that should certainly help. These restaurants work on very narrow margins anyway. Um, and so beef supplies and pork supplies being high, it really made it tough on them. And then with coronavirus limitations, depending on what state and city you're in, maybe you could only operate with 25 to 50% capacity uh, for your in-house dining. Um, so that just made it very difficult overall. 
we are seeing the choice cuts fall sharply from where they are. Um, they were up over 400 almost $470 per hundredweight. They've fallen now to around $247 at the close of yesterday. We don't have today's numbers out yet. Generally, we're expecting them to go back down to that 220 level and maybe even fall below $200, and that should help us build a, a demand base, although it's going to be tough on the cash cash cattle market in the meantime. All right, sounds good, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? I-N-T-L-F-C Stone or, uh, dot com or over on Twitter where my handle is ArlenFF101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all of your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or on Spotify or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.